morning, if you have your Bibles and you want to open up with us, we'll be in Genesis chapter 7, the 16th verse. Genesis chapter 7 and verse 16, and it, to give you a little bit of background, God has looked all over earth, and all he has seen is wicked. He has found no one but Noah that was displaying righteousness. So God came in and told Noah, I want you to go out and build a big boat. Now, recently over in Owensburg, Kentucky, a gentleman has built Noah's Ark. Uh, I did not get to go to the Ark when I was there in Owensburg. I, I wanted to drive by it, but I, I was tied up and I didn't get a chance to go by it. We've had people here that have gone and seen the Ark. That he has built. Uh, some of my friends in Arkansas have taken and their families and they've gone. And they, they just talk about how amazing it is to see this labor of love that this man put into this, getting it built. So God told Noah, build the ark, gather all the animals... Now, we did this on a Wednesday night. How many animals or how many pairs of animals did God instruct Noah to take into the ark? How many? Two of each of the unclean. But of the clean, how many pairs did he say take in? Seven pairs of each. So the other six pairs of the clean animals were to be used for what? The sacrificial services for the king, for the Lord. So he's got all these animals gathered up. He's planning all the food sources that he would need and getting everything ready. The neighbors are laughing and scoffing at him. And then everything is set. The boat's built. All the, the supplies are harvested. They're ready. All the animals are gathered. When we get to heaven, there's a lot of questions that we, we can ask. And I want to find Noah, and I want to say, why did you bring the mosquitoes? I do not like mosquitoes. Why did you bring the ants? My sister will go, why did you bring the snakes? And why did he bring the spiders? But I, everything was gathered and ready to go on the ark. And in verse 16, seven days before the rain actually started, The Bible says in verse 16 in chapter 7 of Genesis, those that entered, male and female, of every creature, entered just as God had commanded him. Then the Lord shut him in. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much today for your love and your grace and your mercy. 
Father, we thank you that we do have a new Jerusalem that we're going to go to one day. Father, we thank you that our anchor in, in the midst of every storm that rages, Father, in the very middle of that storm, you give peace and understanding, and Father, you give assurance. And Father, we are to just love them like you loved us. Father, this morning we just pray and ask that as we look at these, this one verse, and Father, look at what you did for Noah and his family. Lord, we just thank you. Father, and this morning we just ask that our hearts and our, 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 our mind's eyes open, Lord, to see your word and see your presence. Feel it, Lord, and understand it. God, direct our hearts now that we would hear your word. Father, hide us behind the cross that we're not lifted up, but, Father, that you are. And, Father, your name is glorified, and your name is the name above all others. For in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, man. We, we kid a lot about, or I do, my wife. Does your side of the bed you're sleeping on have anything to do in your house with where the door is located. Do you sleep closer to the door than your wife does? Does she tell you you're sleeping on that side? Somebody might come through that door. And if they come through that door, they're going to get you before they get me. I learned early on in our marriage, I am her knight in baggy boxers. <laughs> I will be laying in the bed, sound asleep, and I'll hear, did you hear that? No. We'll go see what it is. Why? It's not in here. I, I love watching these horror movies, and you see people that... There's a noise. Let me go run over here and find out what it is. No. And if everybody else is running this way, I'm running with them, not toward the noise. It amazes me, and I, especially in these, 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 these fantastic horror movies. The first ones to die are the ones that are dumb enough to go see what's going on. We can go somewhere if we travel. And, and we'll walk in the motel, and I can see Katie eyeballing it. They can't climb up the wall and get to me, but they can come through that door. You're sleeping over here. We get back home, you're sleeping over there. I don't know how she determined in, in our home now because there is a window next to the bed that is on the deck and then the door of the house. She must have figured out I could not sleep on both sides and her in the middle. I can remember as a child growing up, we never, ever locked our doors. We, never, we didn't even close them in the summertime. We just had a screen door. And that, that was it. And I remember one night I was probably early teens, and we, we lived out in the country. 
and we had neighbors and relatives and all that would fox hunt and coon hunt and all this other stuff. And it was nothing unusual at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning on Friday night, Saturday morning, or even Saturday night, Sunday morning, that I'd be laying in the bed and I would hear on my windowsill. And one of the neighbors or relatives or whatever would go, hey, Michael, which way did the dogs go? And I wouldn't even have to roll over and I'd get toward the store. Okay. And they would leave. Well, one night when we were, I don't know, early teens, my father worked in a feed mill, and they mixed the feed for for chickens. And back then, they put a lot of stuff in the feed that, you know, has since been outlawed, uh, animal fat and proteins and all this. So... Daddy would have, no matter how much he showered and no matter what he, how much he bathed, it didn't matter. That smell was, was constantly on his clothing and his uniforms. And so one night we were laying in the bed and all of a sudden we heard the screen door pop shut. And then we started hearing this awful racket coming out of the living room. Just something rattling and banging and knocking. Well, one of those coon hounds had lost the scent of what they were chasing, came through our garage, picked up the scent of Daddy's belt, which he wore to work, that had that smell of all those stuff in it. And that dog proceeded to come up the steps, through the screen door, grab Daddy's belt, and was slinging it from side to side. The buckle is rattling, hit slapping it against everything, I guess he thought he had a snake and he was trying to kill it. And he was beating it and beating that belt. So from that night on, we, we installed a little hook on the screen door so the dogs couldn't come in during the night. About four years later, in our little community there, and, and when I say our little community, all those little communities around, everybody knew everybody, and you were all neighbors. And we were in school one afternoon, and the principal come in and said, Roger, you need to go home. And as soon as Roger was leaving, he looked at us and said, and y'all need to go with him. Well, we knew something was up because they just didn't randomly come in and tell us to leave school. And we all started out, and one of the coaches said, don't go the normal way. Go down the highway and come in from the other side. And so we could not imagine what was happening. And we all get over to Roger's house, and we all pile out. And his mom is sitting on the front porch, and we go up, and, and we look across the field, and over in this one house, I had never seen that many EMS and police and everybody gathered. And we were like, what's going on? And she said, you boys go in the house. It's okay. No, they sent us home from school. What's going on? Well, there was a young family that was living in the house just across the field. Nobody locked their doors. Nobody ever thought of anything bad 
happening in our little neighborhood and our community. Well, a man had just walked in and off the, the, the road and walked in the house. The young mother had just fed her young baby and had laid him in the crib and walked back out of the bedroom and startled this man who then proceeded to pull out a knife and cut her throat. Now, he cut it deep enough that she was bleeding pretty soundly, but but just not deep enough to cut it completely in two. And then he ran back out the door. That young mother, fearing for her child, ran in and got the child, and she held the child trying to protect the child from this man. She didn't know where he had gone. Fortunately, he had left. Nobody had cell phones. Nobody had anything. So she had the dial, the phone, holding this child. And as she dialed the number, there wasn't 911 service in that area then, and she called a family friend who called some other people, and somebody finally got a hold of. But she never laid that baby down. She kept holding that baby up. The paramedics and the doctors said that it was the only thing that kept her from literally drowning in her own blood was her setting up and holding that baby. And I'm glad today I can tell you that that mother and that baby are fine. Day, our community was shattered. I remember that night for the first time in my life, we closed the door and we locked it. My parents actually had to go through and see if we had keys to unlock those doors. We weren't even sure where they were at. But we found the keys and they worked. And and I remember going to bed that night and my parents making sure both doors were locked and latched. Our community had been rocked. Wickedness had entered into our little community. Our trust and faith in humanity was shattered and gone. Our belief that we were safe in our own homes and everything was okay was totally destroyed in that one afternoon. As God looked down on the world, we go back to chapter 6. As God looked down, he told Noah, all I see is wickedness. All I see Is people hurting each other. Verse 5 in chapter 6 says, When the Lord saw the human wickedness was widespread on the earth and every inclination of human mind was nothing but evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made man on earth and was deeply grieved. And the Lord said, I'll wipe away mankind who I created off the face of the earth together with the animals, creatures that crawl, birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. Noah, however, 
found faith in the Lord. These are the family records of Noah, and Noah was a righteous man. Blameless among his contemporaries. Noah walked with God, and Noah fathered three sons. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with wickedness. And God saw how corrupt the earth was, for every creature was corrupted in its way on earth. That day, that afternoon, in late spring, our community was rot to the very core. God saw in Noah's day that his earth was rocked to the very core. Everything that he had planned out, everything he had given for man to have, to put trust and faith and assurance in, was being shattered and wiped away. Some of us in this room today unfortunately, have had that happen in our lives. We've had our trust in humanity broken. We've had our assurance that man was here to love us just shattered all to pieces. We've had our belief in family values totally destroyed and wiped out cause of the wickedness and the sin that man has for each other. So God said, I'm tired. I'm tired of my people being this way. I'm tired of my people not being able to have faith in something. I'm tired of my people not being able to trust their fellow man. So I'm going to wipe it out and start all over again. So God had Noah build the ark. And then as he built that ark. And he gathered everything that they would need to provide for them. To give them what they needed to get through the journey. God took. Placed everybody inside the ark. And then he shut the door. Just shut it closed. At night, when you lay down to go to sleep, when do you feel safe? After you've checked every door and every window, made sure they're locked, made sure they're closed, made sure that they're secure. And then you go lay down. It's like my house, you'll happen, oh, I went out the door, to, did I lock that door back? Then you've got to get up and go recheck it to make sure. One of the most terrifying things in, in our home is to get up the next morning and realize that we slept through the night without a door locked. We didn't know it. We slept all night long as sound as we could sleep. And get up the next morning and walk by and just, oh, wait a minute. That door's unlocked. Many of you grew up like I did. The doors were open. 
screen door maybe. Some of us didn't even have screen doors. People would pull up in the driveway. Mama would have you all line up in a row from the tallest to the shortest or oldest to the youngest, and you would stand there ready to greet whoever it was come up in the yard. You remember those days? And they would say, oh, look, someone is pulling in. Look, somebody is coming to visit. And you would line up and be ready. Y'all had that one room in the house that most time the, the, the couch and the chairs were covered in plastic because you didn't want to ruin that flowery floral print that was all over that by you sitting on it all the time. There was always some kind of cake in the refrigerator or freezer that was ready just in case guests come over. And as they would come in and, 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 and you would invite them, oh, look who it is. We're proud that they're here. And you would open the door and you would invite them to come in. Now, being from the south, most of the time you met them on the front porch. You ever do the porch setting and porch talking? You met them on the front porch and you decided from the conversation on the front porch if they were going to be allowed to come in. But after that afternoon in our little community, doors were closed. You peeked out from behind curtains to see who was coming in the driveway. We didn't open our doors as freely and invite people in as we once did. And hearts seemed to harden against neighbors and families and friends. Well, God took Noah and he put him in the ark seven days prior to the rain. Now, why was hearing rain and flood such a big deal? We hear about it all the time now, don't we? We hear about rains that just go torrential and, and they flood out communities, flood out areas. Some of us here today have been affected by floods. We've had family members that have lost homes and vehicles and, and some, some people have even lost their lives in floods. But at this day and time when Noah was talking about why was it such a big deal? There wasn't any. There had never been any rain. Never before had rain fell on the face of the earth. The heavy dew every morning provided the plants with the necessary moisture, nutrients, and everything that they needed. Streams and rivers and creeks and lakes provided men with the water that they needed for everything they were going to need and do. So when Noah went out and started talking about a flood that was coming that was going to wash away the earth and everything about it, they all laughed at him. So God took Noah and he took him over to the boat and he put him inside and he closed the door and he sealed him in. And seven days later, the rain started. What do you think the people outside the ark started doing? 
banging on the door, knocking on it. They were trying every way in this world to get inside. They wanted inside. They wanted to be able to go in where Noah and his family were. Because if this rain was going to be exactly what Noah was saying, because remember, Noah told them, it's going to rain. And if you read in the scriptures and you find out in here in chapter 7 and over to verse 8 and then to verse, or, or I mean chapter 8, when you start reading about this and you start seeing all this, not only did the rain come from heaven above, but it came from earth below. I've heard stories of people that were in Vietnam that said it rained from the ground up and it rained sideways. They said they had never seen rain come up. But it did. And that's what happened to Noah. And that's what happened to the people. The earth opened up and started gushing water up. And the, high, the heavens opened, the skies opened, and the rain started flowing down. So if we had finally gotten rain like Noah predicted, and everything was going to be gone, Nothing was going to be left. Where was the food supply going to come from? From the animals Noah took in the ark. They were going to feast and feed off of those animals. But God had sealed Noah in. And he had him protected. And he knew that the wickedness outside was going to try to get in. The Bible says that it rained. How many days did it rain? It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And how long did the water cover the earth? After 150 days, Noah opened up a little door and sent a bird out. The bird came back. Because he didn't find anywhere to roost. Forty days. Sends another one. Guys, can you imagine being trapped in a boat with all these animals and your wives and your daughter-in-laws for almost a year? Almost a year they were inside this boat. I made the comment a few Sundays ago, if you ever get a chance to drive from here to Washington with my wife, don't. Can you imagine a year in a boat with all these animals? Can you imagine the smell from these animals? And I can just about imagine at some point on this journey, that they're out there floating around looking. Somebody walked by and looked at Noah and went, you ain't got any idea where we're going, do you? You have no idea where we're at. But then God let the water start receding. The Bible says that the earth closed up its caverns. The skies closed back up. Noah sent the bird, the dove out. He comes back with a branch. 
So he knew there was something dry out there. And he waited and he sent another one out and it never came back. And he knew it was time to go. God said, I'm going to open the door so you can go out and start making sacrificials of the animals that you brought extra. And I want you and your family to go out and to populate the world. Can you imagine opening that door of the ark and then starting to open up the cages those animals were caught in? Can you imagine how fast they ran out? If you have young children in here, especially teen or preteen boys, cover their ears. I don't, don't do this, fellas. Okay. We used to capture a wild cat or a stray cat Saturday afternoon after the mailman had run, put it in the mailbox, close the door. Monday afternoon before the mailman would run, we would go down, shake the pole. And when the mailman would come down our, our road and he would reach up and he would grab that door and open that door, guess where that cat went? <laughs> down his arm, across his chest, around his lap, throughout that car, and we didn't get mail for a week. <laughs> so after all this time, these animals have been cramped up and crammed in these cages and not able to get out. Can you imagine how they ran out of the ark? Now, where am I going with all of this? Fast forward a few generations. We talked about it a few weeks ago. About Mary and Elizabeth meeting. And Mary telling Elizabeth, I'm pregnant. And the baby in Elizabeth's womb jumped for joy. You see, God once more had looked down on earth and saw how wicked and sinful we had become. And he looked down on this earth and he said, you know, there's got to be a way I can protect my people. There's got to be a way that I can bring in my people and give them protection for the wickedness that surrounds them. And God saw from the very beginning of earth that every covenant that he was going to place with man, man would break and tear down. And God said, you know, I've got to send some kind of protection for my people. We find that God sent His Son through the Virgin Mary down to this earth to be the sacrificial lamb to end all sacrifices. To make the final covenant with man that when we needed protection, we got it. When we needed love, we found it. When we needed hope, it was provided. And when we needed assurance, it was right there. But most of all, that God could seal in our hearts the same way He sealed in Moses or Noah in the ark. When God sent His Son down, He saw how wicked the world has become. 
Can you look around this world today and, and not agree that we're wicked? Look at what is happening. This morning in Sunday school, we saw just a glimpse of the prison Alcatraz. And the way he described it was the vilest of vile. The most wicked and evil doing the most horrible, unimaginable things were sent to this prison. We have people in our communities. We have people in our church. We have people in our families that have been through and witnessed and been done the most vile, evil, wicked things in this world. And God said, I want to seal you. I want to close the door on all that that hurts my children and hurts my people. I want to sell it and I want to close them off so the world can't get to them anymore. The people outside the ark, they were beating and banging and trying to get in because they wanted to feast on what was inside. Today we have people in this very building, in this community, that people are beating on and banging on, trying to get inside so they can eat them alive and bring back pain and sorrow and heartaches that they are not deserved. God knew that if He didn't close Noah in, that they would feast and they would tear Him apart. This morning, God saw that if He didn't provide a way to seal us up, to protect us, to guide us, to direct us, and to fortify our souls, that it would be torn apart and destroyed by the wickedness of man. Our little community that day was rocked to the very core. People would not trust people I can remember driving up or walking up or riding our bicycles up to people's houses and walking up, knock on the door or even just yell, hey, and open the door and walk in. But after that afternoon, you better blow the horn. You better call ahead. You better let somebody know. Because why? Because we recluded, we enclosed ourselves in and didn't trust anybody anymore. Our hearts were hurt. Our minds were deceived. So we required some kind of an announcement that you were coming, that you were there. It was dangerous from that point on. My grandfather was a proud man, was a, was a respected man in the community. And he had had open heart surgery and he would go out and walk every day and he would walk. And I remember for years that man walked all over everywhere and down some, some road, back roads and country roads that there was no housing, there was no anything. But I remember after that day, that if you pulled up behind my grandfather, you better let him know you were there because there was a pistol now in the front pocket because he didn't trust anymore. We've got people here today and people in this community and people in their own families that don't trust anymore. 
They've been hurt. There have been wicked people that have guided them in the wrong direction. They have led them to believe that they were the right place to go when they were not. And God knew that. And God saw that. What He did for Noah and his family back in Genesis, He can do for you today. What He did for Noah to protect him, to guide him, to direct him, and to keep him safe, His Son on the cross did the very same thing for you and I. As His blood flowed down freely, it flowed over us to protect us and to seal us. But after they took the body down off the cross and they took it over to a borrowed tomb and they put it in a borrowed grave and they rolled that stone in front of it and they stamped that seal over the top of it, our Savior rose up and He went to the very pits of hell and He took from Satan the keys to death hell and the grave so that you and I don't have to go there. So that you and I don't have to feel that pain, that discouragement, and that sorrow that Satan could use over us. And when God's Son came out of that grave, when He shattered that seal, because man's seal on our life does not mean anything to God. And when He rolled that stone out of the way, And said, there is no barriers now between you and I. But He gave us a seal of protection over our hearts and our lives by the blood of His Son. And then, He said, if my Son comes back, they're going to have to have comforter. So after Jesus arose and they went through in the day of Pentecost, the Bible says that God poured out His Spirit on the earth. And He filled up the upper room so much that it was like cloven tongues of fire going all around. And all those people that just a few short days before that were gathered out in the center of the town that would have destroyed those disciples and they would have killed them for coming out and telling them how much a God loved us and what Jesus had done for us. They walked out boldly proclaiming that He was King of kings and Lord of lords and thousands upon thousands accepted Him Because they were protected by God. This morning I wonder. Are you protected by God? Noah went in and God shut the door. And he kept him safe. The problem that we have today is. We've been saved. We've been sealed by the blood. And we've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. It's coated us and we're sealed in. But we want to open that door. And we want to allow the old things to come in back into our hearts and back into our lives. 
We want to know that we can do whatever we want to do. And it'd be okay. It's not. This morning, God has still got doors closed to protect you. He's not closing doors to keep you away from anything. He's not closing doors to keep you from doing what you need to do. But He's closing doors to keep wicked, sinful, evil people out of our hearts and our lives. A wicked world that is so, so wicked that things that are happening today we cannot even understand. And some of us have been through those things. God shut the door on Noah and his family for protection. God sent his son to die on a cross to shed his blood to give us hope and assurance this morning have you opened that door back up to let the world back in are you cracking it just to look out and see what's out there are you tempting sin by saying "Mm, I'm here every time we open it up We allow more of the world in. But there's one thing about it. That grace and that love and that mercy, that blood that flowed freely from the cross and that spirit that was poured out is still as much today as it was that day. God shut the door. Now what? Now what? Are you staying behind the blood of the Lamb? Are you staying behind that door? Are you staying where your protection is in God and God alone? Are you opening up that door and letting the wicked evilness back in? This morning as we pray and we get ready to sing and we stand, If your hearts are hurting, come let God restore that. If you're never been sealed by the blood of the Lamb, then let's come and let's talk about that this morning. If you're broken and you're you're hurting inside because of the wickedness of this world, come and let's talk to God. Or if you feel like your door has just been completely kicked in and there's nothing left, come to God and let Him restore what He has already made whole. Let Him restore that back to you. If you've been hurt by the church or a minister or, or somebody in the church, come and let's talk to God and let's find the answer, the solution is to let God seal you with His love and His grace. There's nothing greater, no more greater peace in this world than God's love. Though my sins are great, His grace is greater.
Though my heart is broken, He'll heal it. My spirit is weak, He'll strengthen it. My, my faith in humanity is gone. Put your faith in God and it'll never disappear. I don't trust anymore. Trust in the Lord. And He'll never leave you. So we go ahead and stand this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. Father, we thank you for your spirit. Father, we thank you for the blood that your son willingly shed on the cross. Father, to give us the assurance that you can seal us in, Lord, in love and mercy. God, without that love and mercy, Lord, we just, we have nothing. And Father, if our homes, our lives have been shattered and torn apart, God, we can come to you and you make it whole and new again, Lord. Father, we just thank you so much for your love. And Father, this morning we just ask if there's hearts here today that need to be mended. Father, hearts that need to be sealed up. Father, hearts that need to be, Father, protected. Lives. Father, if minds need to be healed. Lord, we just pray and ask this is the hour and the day, Lord, that they would come. Father, they would come to you. And Father, let you provide the protection to keep the wicked and evil out of their hearts and life. Father, it's in your name that we pray. Amen.